Hey, this is Wander Sen, and this is the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast all things about travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to pack for your next trip. With me today, somewhere in a basement studio bunker on the <laughs> West Coast, is Kristen, who is back from Japan! Yay! Oh, <laughs> And with me, as always, is Katharina. Hello. Hello. And so, as you listeners know, real life here <laughs> at Meet Us in Paris inspires our podcast. And when we recorded this, Typhoon Hagibidi? Hagibis? Hagibis, I think. Yeah. Something along those lines. I will say, sorry. Oh. We're referring to Typhoon Hagibis. In Japan, they were all just referring to it as Typhoon number 19. Really? Really? Mm -hmm. That's okay. Just FYI. (laughs) That's how I started referring to it because Hagibis was dumb. (laughs) That name. (laughs) Well, sounds like Haggis or something like that, right? Yeah, (laughs) whatever. They they don't even recognize them by name because it's just like, you know, we, we won't acknowledge you. So, um, so the typhoon hit typhoon nineteen slammed yes. into Japan, <laughs> and our favorite traveler, Kristen, just happened to be there to experience uh, it firsthand. Yep, right in the war zone. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, it's because of this experience um, that Katharina, we were kind of discussing what our topics should be for this week, and she suggested that we talk about the natural disasters that we've experienced while traveling, because no matter how much you plan, there always seems to be something that goes wrong. So we've, as you can imagine, we got some stories to tell this week, and we'll do that right after the break. At 21, Steve Jobs founds Apple Computer. Colonel Sanders is 62 when his first KFC franchise opens. Success can come at any age. Need help jumpstarting your success? With thousands of courses and 60-plus certificate programs, UCI Division of Continuing Education can help. Courses are offered every quarter, so start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash amazing. So... If there's one thing predictable about traveling, it's no matter how much you prepare, there's always going to be some predictability. So, Katharina and I were here in the office, and when we saw Kristen was getting <laughs> bounced around a bit in Japan on Instagram, <laughs> some of those photos are pretty funny. Um, it wasn't until she got back in the office did we kind of know the full horror. So, um, we heard some of the story, but we didn't press Kristen too much because we wanted to hear it live so you want to tell us what happened while you're there it's so boring oh really yeah I mean sorry I don't want to be insensitive <laughs> because things there there was deaths and people yes, who had to get rescued so um, I'm but I, you were safe which is totally which is great. I was right. worried because um, okay long story the Rugby World Cup was being hosted in Japan. So because of this, um, yeah, it um, hotels were way booked out, way in advance, really expensive. So I ended up on the bay, very close to Tokyo, Tokyo Disneyland. Which is um, almost the opite end of the bay where... Wait, Tokyo yeah. Sea? They're, they're right next to yeah, each other. Oh, they they're like the same, oh. other, yeah. same oh, I had no idea. area. Yeah. But um, anyways, so... I was right on the water, and so I I flew in before the typhoon. Everything was fine, but it was like, what's gonna happen now? I'm right on the water, um, but it ended up being completely fine for me, thank goodness. But um, so I was all the way out there, but it was just 
nothing happened at all and it seemed like the majority of Tokyo was it just city rainy? nothing happened. Yeah, like so like really heavy or it, it was funny because obviously the media was really hyping it up and I would have some coworkers and family who were texting me asking me if I was okay, what was going on? It looked so bad and even I would turn on the TV and be like where is that? Because they're yeah. freaking out. Japan's bracing for the typhoon. And I'm like, Jeez. I don't see any of that here in the city. Well, it's kind of like in California. Whenever we yeah. have an earthquake, it's just like it might be – California is huge. And when the earthquake happens, everyone that I know from yeah. around the world yeah. starts Are texting okay? Are you okay? Yeah. It's just like, like – I don't I even, even know where like, that is. Even, <laughs> even yeah. when there are fires in L.A., we can feel like nothing is happening here. Yeah. yeah. On occasion, you might get the smoke. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if that, it's blowing that way. And yeah. several hours later. So yeah, so you know, Japan is much bigger than Tokyo, and I think most of the, uh, you know, the effects of it were felt inland and more rural. Um, but Tokyo itself, the day of, so the event that I was there for got canceled because it was actually in Nagoya and the Shinkansen they shut down, so I wouldn't have been able to get back, and n- no one would have. So they they canceled the whole fair. So oh, wow. there was nothing to do that day but just stay in the hotel, and it was a pretty like I said, out of the way area, we were like still a 20 minute ride from the nearest JR station stop. Wow. So I couldn't even really go walk around anywhere to see anything. And the hotel lobby was just packed with people just sitting there hanging around. And it was just really bad wind and rain. Um, That's so, when you bring a fifth into the lobby and with a bunch of oh shot glasses. God. Well, so they even, <laughs> my hotel had a little like convenience store. So uh-huh. the night before, I was like, I'm going to like load up on stuff because I don't yeah. know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, right. you might need supplies. Yeah, like maybe the electricity is going to go out and the hotel can't even cook. I don't know. But then the night when I got in the, the shop, even though it was supposed to be 24 hours, they closed in preparation for the typhoon. Oh, no. I was like, oh, oh my no. gosh, can't even get anything. But um, find a 7 Eleven. Yeah, and whatever. In the morning, it had already started raining. I was like, meh. But I did get so much cabin fever just sitting there that I ended up going out in the typhoon. So that's why we got to see the pictures. That's why we got those pictures. (laughs) So I didn't even go out in the worst of it. So this was a few hours before it was even, um, like, centered over us. And it was, I mean, it was essentially just a lot of wind and rain. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it the wind was. strong? Like, when you were walking, you can kind of feel the force of it? Like, you had a tough time walking? It wasn't that bad. Okay, that's No. Um, maybe if there was a gust, it kind of, like, mm-hmm. stopped me. It picked but, you up a little. Yeah, but no, I was able to walk against it. Um, it was just that the wind was so hard that it was making the rain really hurt on my face. Oh, no. It, like, felt like yeah. a bunch of rocks hitting my face so I had to walk backwards and of course I was soaked immediately it was a lot of rain um but it was kind of fun I haven't I like truly had the desire to like be out in the rain which is something I feel like I haven't had since I was a kid yeah so I was actually enjoying kind of running around and no one was out and watching the ocean and whatever but aside from that it did get worse as far as the way way trying to talk the wind and the rain got harder and and stronger but that was all that i experienced so were you just stuck in the hotel for one full day or was yeah. it multiple days okay that's good. no it was just one day so it, the next morning it was bright and blue and clear and oh, wow. sunny and beautiful and calm um so and things were getting back to normal typhoon. yeah so you got to go to Japan to stay in the hotel to come back home again. To be fair, I was there longer, and I did I did have some work events, uh, but that day it it was it was nice. Like I enjoyed reading and kind of lounging and hanging out. But it's also like 
I'm in Japan and I you came out this way and I'm just going to sit here. But it was fine. So, nice. Yeah. It 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 definitely <laughs> looked way worse in the media than, yeah. than I saw in Tokyo. Did lots of people get injured or... I mean, I think the death count rose oh, to Oh, there's a death 20s. count, too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. Maybe more, maybe from, 50s. From what I've seen, the the center of the eye of the storm kind of hit a little bit south of Tokyo. Yeah. So, so like, more of the rural areas exactly. were towards you know, Kyoto. Maybe there was more problems. But I th- and I think there was. That's, that's awesome. why... I, I hate to say nothing happened. Stuff did happen. But where I was, I just... Everyone was, it was somewhat just, safe. In yes. That's yeah. Good. We you, did feel very safe. It's For islands on that coast, mm-hmm. it's kind of a... It's just kind of like earthquakes in California. Right. Um, close, but not entirely nearby is mm-hmm. Taiwan. And I got pictures of my uncles um, when they were young um, adults walking down the middle of Taipei, waist deep in water wow. because the typhoons would completely flood the city. And they would just, you know, the whole city would be flooded four Jeez. feet, five feet deep in water. And they're just walking around. So That's it crazy. Just, it's just something that's kind yeah. of a fact of life. They were really worried. They were really <clears throat> talking it up. They thought that it was going to be um, on par of or worse than the... The worst typhoon on record, which was in the early 1900s, that killed like 1,200 people. Mm -hmm. So this is what they were saying before it came. Um, So I was worried. I didn't know how a hotel in the bay was going to fear. What was the bay going to do? Was it going to completely, you know, swell and flood? Were you on the top floor? (laughs) I was on the eighth floor. That's high enough. Which is technically the seventh floor because they don't have a fourth floor. Why don't they have a fourth floor? A lot of Asia doesn't have... The fourth floor because unlucky. four is unlucky. It's kind of like, uh, like our, our 13. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like when we have a, yeah, so. But then when I was in Korea, they didn't have a four or 13. Really? <laughs> they took out both. That was very considerate. Yeah, for yeah. everyone. Yeah. So like when they say we have a 20-story building. Is it's it, actually. It, when you look not. on a, like an elevator, is it 22? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to think about that if you're like trying to find your window from outside and you're. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. I don't know why I do that stuff, but I do. <laughs> I do it too. Yeah. So it was it was definitely interesting. Um, I was a little just worried to see how it would play out, but I never once felt. Was it mostly unsafe. Western guests in the hotel or was it um, there locals was, and. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how local there. There was definitely a mix, um, but because my hotel was right by Disney, it was a lot oh, of families. Oh. There were families from India and, like, I think Malaysia and um, the U.S. and Australia. Um, yeah. yeah, all over. So it felt like being in Irvine, California. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I never left, except for the rain, which we don't get. Yeah, so. <laughs> except for the rain. Yeah. Now you're back to ninety degree weather. Yes. And it's dry and super dry. Yeah. Well, I have a crazy story I read online. I don't know if you guys ever heard about it. Wait, this doesn't involve you for once? No. (laughs) I mean, usually it's... It's not your own story, yeah. It's all about... It's like you always... Something always... I have my story I'll share, too. But this one is just the craziest story. Have you guys heard about Julianne Kopke? Kopke? I don't know how to pronounce that. Kepka? That one? Kepka. There you go. Mm -hmm. No, I have not. So, um, she was flying with her mom. Oh, okay, when was this? 1971. 71, okay. 1971, right around Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. And lots of people were getting eager to go back home. Yes. And they were flying from Peru to, I think it was to Lima. 
and they're flying Lanza Airlines. And the crazy story is of oh this gosh. is Julianne, she was 17, was flying over the Peruvian rainforest with her mother when her plane was hit by lightning. She survived a two-mile fall and found herself alone in the Amazon jungle. What? what? <laughs> yeah. Holy, you're kidding me. So I was going to read you guys her story because it's a 40-year anniversary. So she, is she still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Wow. A uh, 40-year anniversary, and she um, just talks about what happened. How did she get found and rescued and everything? I'll tell you. We're going to find I out, I I need to know. Okay. If you guys out there listening, this is like a little five-minute story I'm going to read. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it was Christmas Eve, 1971, and everyone was eager to get home. We were angry because the plane was seven hours late. Suddenly, we entered into a very heavy, dark cloud. My mother was anxious, but I was okay. I liked flying. Ten minutes later, it it was obvious that something was very wrong. There was very heavy turbulence, and the plane was jumping up and down. Parcels and luggage were falling from the locker. (gasps) There were gifts, flowers, and Christmas cakes flying around the cabin. When we saw lightning around the plane, I was scared. My mother and I held hands, but we were unable to speak. Other passengers began to cry and weep and scream. About ten minutes later, I saw a very bright light in the outer engine on the left. My mother said very calmly, This is the end. It's all over. (gasps) Oh my gosh! Scary! Calmly, too. That's impressive. (laughs) Those are the last words I ever heard from her. (gasps) Oh! The plane jumped down and went into a nosedive. It was pitch black and people were screaming, and the deep roaring of the engines filled my head completely. Suddenly, the noise stopped, and I was outside the plane. I was in free fall, strapped to my seat (gasps) and hanging head over heels. The whispering of the wind was the only noise I could hear. I felt completely alone. Wow. I could see the canopy of the jungle spinning towards me. Then I lost consciousness and remember nothing of the impact. Later, I learned that the plane had broken into pieces about two miles above the ground. I woke the next day and looked up in the canopy. The first thought I had was, I survived an air crash. I shouted out for my mother, but I only heard the sound of the jungle. I was completely alone. Oh my goodness. I had broken my collarbone and had some deep cuts on my leg, but my injuries weren't serious. I realized later that I had ruptured a ligament in my knee, but I could walk. Before the crash, I spent a year and a half with my parents on their research station only 30 miles away. I learned a lot about the life in the rainforest, that it wasn't too dangerous. It's, it's not the green hell that the world always thinks. I could hear the planes overhead searching for the wreck, but it was very dense forest, and I couldn't see them. Um, So then she's walking around. She's scared of the snakes. She doesn't run into any, which is good. Then she finds a small creek and walked in the water because she knew it was safer. At the crash site, I had... No, I wouldn't have thought of that. (laughs) Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I guess her experience with her... Parents oh, and the research, okay. yeah. So there's no piranhas in that river. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> walking along the river. Walking uh, okay, along. Okay. Yeah. 
At the crash site, I had found a bag of sweets. When I had finished oh. them, I had nothing more to eat, and I was afraid of starving. Oh. It was very hot and very wet, and it rained several times a day, but it was cold at night, and to be alone in a mini dress was very difficult. On the fourth day, I heard noise of a landing. Uh, then she saw some bird, and she remembered her parents. She gets emotional. Um, oh, and then she turned a corner around the creek, and she found a bench with three passengers <gasps> rammed head first into the earth. Oh, oh my! I was paralyzed by panic. It was the first time I seen a dead body. I thought my mother could be one of them, but then I touched the corpses with a stick. I saw that the woman's toenails were painted. My mother never polished her nails. I was immediately relieved, but then felt ashamed of that thought. By the tenth day, I couldn't stand oh properly. God. And I drifted along the edge of a large river I had found. I felt so lonely, like I was in a parallel universe, far away from any human being. I thought I was hallucinating when I saw a really large boat. When I went to touch it, I realized it was real. It was like an adrenaline shot. Whoa. But then I saw there's a small path into the jungle where I found a hut with a palm leaf roof and an outboard motor and a liter of gasoline. I had a wound on my upper right arm. It was infested with maggots, <gasps> about oh. one centimeter long. I remembered our dog had the same infection, and my father had put kerosene in it. So I sucked the gasoline out and put it on my wound. The pain was intense as the maggots tried to get further into the <gasps> wound. I pulled out oh. about 30 maggots and was Ew. very proud of myself. Oh, my. So I, deci I decided to spend the night in that hut. The next day, I heard voices of several men outside. It was like hearing voices of angels. Wow. I mean, just a, it's so amazing that she had this, some of the skill sets. The yeah. Known, all to do the, some what, of that? Yeah, to yeah. do that. Yeah. And then she introduced herself in Spanish and explained what happened. They treated my wounds and gave me something to eat, and the next day took me back to civilization. The day after my rescue, I saw my father. He could barely talk in the first moment we just held each other. For the next few days, he frantically searched for news of my mother. On January 12th, they found her body. Later, I found out that she also survived the crash. <gasps> but was badly injured and she couldn't move. She died several days later. Oh. I dread to think that was that's what her last days were like. It's not awful. Wow. Yeah. But uh, like to survive? Like well, that's amazing. a plane crash like that? Oh my goodness. Was she the only survivor? Only survivor. No, I'm not going to Over fly 91 and th 91 people died. Oh. She was the only one. But because of the lightning strike, and I guess this airline already had two big crashes, uh -huh. fatal crashes beforehand, and this was due to pilot error plus them trying to get their pressure to get as many people in the air for the holidays, so oh they went God. knowing it was r terrible weather. Oh. oh, man. I have so many questions <laughs> for her. <laughs> I know. Like, what would you ask her? Well, I mean, for, well, I mean... I mean, so many, but the one I just want to know was, <laughs> did the pilots make any announcements, like, when this was happening? Like, did yeah. they say anything? I mean, I'm assuming if, if it's that mm. dire, you're probably just concentrated on fixing the, the situation, yeah. but 
it it's so helpful if the pilots make like we're all gonna die even that would be like Okay, so I know it's happening rather than me assuming. Yeah, I guess. I don't That's know. If, okay, so if, let's say you were on this flight, right? Because now this won't happen because lightning, if it strikes the plane today, it's completely fine. I was reading yeah, up on it. I did have questions about so that. So it, um, engineers built it specifically that if lightning hits it, the it all goes back to the tail of the plane and oh. it stores it. So it's fine. Yeah, and then after, power. yeah, and after it gets hit, once the plane lands, it gets checked to see okay. if any damages were done. But usually there's never anything. Okay. And it happens, I guess, on average one, once a year, a light uh, airplane gets mm-hmm. struck by lightning. Wow. And everything's fine. But I don't even so, understand the like physics of that because typically when you lightning strike something, yeah. it's because they're grounded. You know, like you're standing on the ground, you're the fall, and it's trying to get through the ground. But like a plane's not touching, so it just happens to be, yeah, it's unfortunately rare. out of the way, yeah, so, uh, in the way. So and it's like crazy that not, she like, attracted to anything like metal. Well, metal. Right? Well, it's attracted to metal, but yeah. the thing is that typically when you see a tree, the reason mm-hmm. why electricity lightning hits a tree is that the tree is more conductive than air. Mm-hmm. So it's a path of least resistant. Yeah. And what the lightning is trying to get into the earth, that's why you hear, you know, when you're doing electricity, it's called a ground. Yeah. And so it's using the tree as the least resistance path mm-hmm. to get to the ground. And that's why if you're standing in the middle of the field, guess what's the least resistance path? Mm-hmm. It's you on the ground. But like yeah. a plane, if it's not touching the ground. So, I mean, anyways, I don't know that I'm just yeah, trying to yeah, think, yeah. oh, the, the physics of that. It just may it's not be. Crazy. It just happens to be that, like, wrong her, place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah, And that she was still strapped to her seat. Oh. Well, so, that, like, that everything means safer, though. That is yeah, safer, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. then it's like every what's, what's like safer? everything around you just like fell apart. Oh, oh. And you're just by yourself, right? Like, you would think you'd be stuck in the plane still? I'm not sleeping tonight. I think we need a trigger warning on this episode. (laughs) This is traumatic. Sorry. No, it's okay. This is, yeah. And then the airline obviously didn't continue after this. This was their third fatal accident within two years. 1971. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. (sighs) But, like, what would you guys do? In that situation, like let's say Chris and the pilot did say we're all going to die. What could I do? I'd pro- well, you know it might be good because I would Emergency probably have a panic exit? attack. No, <laughs> just and fly out. Just be like, no, well, I would you guys probably know me. I just start talking talking uncontrollably and start <laughs> start to tell bad, even worse jokes. How's oh, that? Man. I would probably just pass out, and that'd be good because then I'd be unconscious for the rest of it. That's true. Um, what could you do? I wish they had like parachutes, like a yeah, new seat, they? like a life vest. How is that seriously? A, like, yeah, well, they were even okay. saying if you land in water, you're yeah. going to die from the impact. Statistically, right. your chances of dying in an airplane, your your chances of dying slipping on your bathroom floor, hitting your head on the tub, mm-hmm. is something like a hundred times yeah. greater. Get, passing away in a car accident, yeah. thousands of times more likely. Yeah. Oh, it's course. almost impossible. I mean, yeah. nothing's impossible. But really, the number of people who have died from an, ac- an aircraft accident is almost yeah. right. for all it's practical purposes. It's, it's zero. Right. You know, but then it's like, but they're why so not traumatic. Have parachutes? Yeah, under instead your of, seat instead of a life, life vest. vest. Because you're more likely to drown if you hit water. 
But with an yeah. impact, you would die. That no, was like no. a study. Just that think you did. about like lots of airplanes. Like remember, um, what was the uh, the airplane that recently landed on the Hudson? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. The thing but is, that was quite like a often, slow. So I well, guess yeah, that but, was. But yeah, think about emergency. Um, pilots are actually. My understanding is trained to land on water quite often because you have to reduce the number of deaths, right? So you can land on a highway, but you're going to kill a lot of people on the highway along the way. Water is actually a good place to land. A good place to land. Actually, planes will float for a little bit and enough time to get people out yeah. if you have a control. If, you, if your plane crashed into like the ocean, you would never <clears> be able <throat> to get out of the plane. Why not? How would you open? First of all, yeah. it'd be going under, and then the well, pressure no. on the doors, and who but, could get out in but time? But that's what you know. If it's a controlled, if it's a controlled, they kind of skim the water, and just like when they landed on the Hudson, is that they will actually float, mm. and you can open up the doors because they're on the second floor. Mm. So you got a little bit of time to get out. Mm. So I mean, Jesus. look, there was yeah. there was no fatalities in the Hudson yeah. landing, with no, Captain no. Sully, yeah, and it was true. a purposeful landing. Yeah, and it's true. so they actually land on water. Oh man, hopefully that never happens to us. Okay. Yeah. Well, heck, horrible. I'm going to tell my I'm going to tell a bad good story. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry um, guys. I think natural disasters. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Chills too. I've never had, you've it. never done this to us before. Sorry. Um, it was a crazy disaster, yeah. and like just to know someone survived that—that's just insane. Yeah. Which is amazing, but still, it's so crazy. So, this is kind of a natural disaster. <laughs> um, I don't know if I ever told you guys. Um, I was actually at the Van- in the Vancouver riots. In them? Never in the heard Vancouver of them. Ri- okay. You, you, <laughs> have you heard about the Vancouver riots? Yeah. Okay. So, I... Always been a traveler. Mm -hmm. And in uh, 2010, my daughter was born. So we actually were kind of, we we really wanted to get out of the, into a plane and go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It had been for a while. And so we thought we would take um, our daughter on a a starter trip. And the starter trip was, A, we wanted to put her on an airplane, something that wasn't too, too far. Mm -hmm. And then three was that, it had to be in another country. So from California, we have two choices essentially within a shorter yeah. trip, right? We have Mexico or Cal- uh, Canada. Yeah. And I had always wanted to go to Vancouver because one time I was on a, uh, I took a cruise out of Vancouver, but never actually got to see the city. And I always regret it. So like, yeah. let's go That's to, nice one. yeah, let's go to Vancouver. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful city. So we booked a flight, um, Air Canada, great um, flight out of uh, Orange County, uh, four hours, three and a half, four hours, short trip, mm-hmm. and we went to Vancouver. Um, and along the way, we had discovered that the Stanley Cup was taking place and the and the Vancouver, I can't remember the name of the hockey team. Canucks? Is it the Canucks? Pretty sure. I'm, I'm lousy at. Yeah, I um, think so. They were in the playoffs for the first time. Good for them. So it was so exciting. Um, So we got there, and the whole city was almost, you could feel it. It was like the city was vibrating. Yeah. You know, it had this kind of feeling of excitement. Everyone was excited, and and it was just so neat to be there, when to be in a city that was just so excited about coming around one thing. So... um, the day uh, it was um, early summer, and uh, 
my daughter had to sleep because she was only one. Uh, she was like one year and one month. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, so they, the, it was a sold out arena, which was down the street from where we were. And um, they set up jumbotrons in the street. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so everyone can watch. So I, I love just, that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so cool. So I told him it was like I totally want to go there. I want to be part of this for a couple minutes. So I, it's like she goes, okay, be safe. And so I went down, and I um, started wait into the crowd, and I made it something like about eighty feet to a hundred feet, and it took me twenty minutes. I never made it to the jumbotron. It Jeez. was wow. so full. That's and so crazy. like after twenty minutes, I abandoned my idea and turned around and went back into the hotel. And I told her, it's like, hey, um, if they win, mm-hmm. we had to stay in the hotel. I'm going to stay in the Yeah. And if they lose, we're really staying in the um, hotel. Okay, but was it, it, did you have a room in advance? Because I would be worried yeah. about finding a room at that point. We had accident. I mean, I had reserved the rooms. So you'd never know, like, if they're going to make it all the way to the playoffs. And so I had made the reservation well ahead of time mm. before maybe they even knew they were contenders. So we had the room well ahead of time. We had a suite in the middle of downtown. Nice. And so um, we're in the hotel and they lost. And the city rioted. Yeah. No way. <laughs> and I told my wife, it's like, and it's like, I made you a promise I would never leave. I won't leave the hotel. But I never said anything about not going down to the third uh, third floor balcony where the pool is. <laughs> so I went down to the third floor balcony and hung out on the balcony with all the other guests and kind of watched cars being turned over. And Jeez, people in Canada? In Canada. I mean, this <laughs> was a weird. And like dumpsters <laughs> on fire. And, you know, and, you know, like when they were lit, they would lit it, light it, they would go, sorry. Um, but, oh, my God. And so the whole thing was, That's was like, crazy. what in the world? So I watched for like 10, 15 minutes, went back to the room. And she, she's like, oh, my God, look at the television. And I'm looking at the television. She goes, and it was like a heavy riot. Unlike this kind of like quiet thing going on where I was looking out the street. And she goes, where is it? I go, that's that's behind the hotel. <laughs> so Don't we look were, now. My one-year-old daughter, my oh, wife and man. I. So like, oh. and same first thing, family Kristen, trip. Yeah, first together. family trip. And I was doing what wow. you did, Chris. Yeah. like, let's go down to the little store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was getting Load up. Because we're not going out to yeah. eat any times. Wow. So, you know, it rioted and there was fires and tear gas and the whole thing. Jeez. But here's the great, the good part of the story. <laughs> um, the next morning, next day, we woke up and we wanted to go through something called Capuano Bridge, which is in the woods. And it's this beautiful bridge that um, extends through the woods. And it nice. must be half a mile. Wow. And it's a suspension walking bridge. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if we'd be able to make it out. Um, we go downstairs and it was clean. Hmm. everything oh, well. was pristine it was quiet all the windows that had been maybe broken nothing out, of, nothing ever happened it was just a dream it, twilight it zone almost <laughs> it was almost like that with the exception of all the windows had broke been broken out but they all had been replaced with plywood wow but wow. all the people so like all we're looking up and down the street and there's hundreds of people on the street sweeping the sidewalk from little bits of debris, like little pieces of glass in between the cracks. Mm-hmm. And they're construction, they're construction workers, 
there's housewives, there's office people, mm-hmm. all in high heels, dress clothes, joggers, and they're all cleaning their own yeah. city. The city ah. had come and cleaned, but they were detailing and making and picking up all the ah, extra little debris. Nice. And they were all in their day to day clothes. Wow. And they were helping clean the city. And it was just amazing. First of all, you would not necessarily have notes like, oh, that must have broken, like the glass must have broken and mm-hmm. somewhere replaced it with. But the people of the city had come together the next day oh, well, and cleaned them. up the city themselves. That's so nice. And then we went out to Capilano Bridge, and that's another story, but that's was it's gorgeous if you have a chance. Came back, and on all the plywood, on all the stores, poetry was everyone was coming by and starting to write poetry and handwritten notes and saying about I'm sorry or oh that we you know Aww. the other thing is like we Their are better than this or we're gonna and they were writing stories about yeah. yeah and it was well. just you know a few bad people cause trouble <clears throat> sure. but then you saw the true spirit of the city come up and come out and onto the streets and it was crazy so wow. you know young people old people um Office workers, construction workers, housewives, mm-hmm. but and they all were coming out with their own little waste baskets and oh. like a paper basket out of their kitchen, or nice. you know, they got their hard hats on and they all had their own little uh, what do you call it dustbin, yeah, and they're all cleaning up the city. It was amazing. That's do awesome. you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Um, it probably happened all over the place, but there was a story out of the 2016 Rio Olympics how after every event, the Japanese, Japanese. were staying after and cleaning. Yes. Bless them. <laughs> that is so- The Japanese, like, tourists? Yeah, who were, like, like at the event. Like, after everyone was cleared out, the Japanese were still there picking up trash from the, the whole The people who came to attend the Olympics yes. were cleaning wow. up. The- we could all be more like that. Do you, That's so beautiful. A yeah. further story was... And our beaches would be so clean. <laughs> I don't know if it was the Olympics or if it was the World Cup. I think it was the World Cup. The The Japanese were eliminated fairly early, which mm-hmm. is not be, not surprising. But um, Hey, the women won the World Cup not that long ago. But I'm talking about the guys. Mm-hmm. So the... <laughs> the the guys, um, when they left, they cleaned out the locker room spotless. Oh, wow. And they left a note of th- thanks to the host country. Thank you for having us. Is it is it true that in their like elementary schools, the kids clean it? Like yes. there's no janitors. I've heard that. Yeah. I've yeah. Heard they that. clean yeah. the floor. They take their turns. classroom, everything. The classroom, yeah. the floors, windows. They do even serve the, the food yeah. in, in the cafeteria. Oh, we used to do that in my school, take so. turns serving. But that's... That yeah. is so nice. But it tells so much about um, people. I mean, it's so wonderful to see that type Why of... Why can't we get that going that, here? Yeah. yeah. Be more well-behaved children. Yeah. Cleaner and nicer, too. Okay, well... It's all for each for the, on their own. So know. basically, the riots hardly even happened because the people were all on I mean, it the next day. I mean, literally... <laughs> We went to bed. My daughter went to bed sleep early, so that means you know seven ish to eight ish. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we woke up the next morning, and I needed to get a rental car, and that was you know I probably got up, knowing me, probably around seven thirty to get mm-hmm. the rental car next door. And when I went to get the rental car, it's like, wow! And and the, you know got the rental car. It's like, look at this! And we were just like, yeah. oh my! And the it was spot. I mean, now this mostly took place downtown over a two or three mm-hmm. block area, but we were in the center of it. Mm-hmm. But you would have never have known yeah. that there was um, such crazy. violence the night before. Wow! So, wow. 
Nice. This is why we all need to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I was um, I was living in New York for Occupy Wall Street. Oh. And, um, oh, man. Yeah. Did you join in? <laughs> no, because I lived and worked uptown, um, way uptown, and this all took place way downtown on like Wall Street in the financial district. And um, I did go down there. I had like a Saturday, and a friend was visiting. We're like, let's go see Occupy Wall Street, and uh, it it centered in Zuccotti Park, which is pretty small. Um, and you had your tent. No. <laughs> yeah, my tent, my backpack. No, it was funny because, I mean, anywhere in New York anyways, but it was like a Saturday and it was more like a spectatorship. Like there were so many tourists, like I didn't feel the angst that was probably there during the week. Like at that point, it was like everyone was like, oh, here's Occupy Wall Street. Look at the people camping. Look at the, like, the tents <laughs> they like set up. Zoo? It's so cool. Oh my God. <laughs> a zoo in the park. But people had really elaborate like composting and stuff set up. And it was actually like Jeez. really cool. But it felt like a little like museum or something like outdoor exhibit. Like climbing. So. Yeah, like, at that point it was just like kind of like, hey, cool. It's like here. a social study, like a bunch of anthropologists yeah. checking yeah. out the subculture. Yeah, put, put put these people in the middle of Wall Street and see what happens. That's yeah. funny. And I know it was very tense and a lot going on during the week and, and of course the months that followed. But because I was so far uptown, again, I never really saw or felt it. Uh outside of the media and you know people right. talking and stuff well that's the thing it's like we were watching on tv i mean i saw it out the front door of the hotel it wasn't uh you know it's like okay there's stuff going on but yeah. it wasn't look it didn't look terrible terrible then you turn on the television it's like oh that's behind the hotel where the jumbotron was Jeez. <laughs> that's crazy that's a natural disaster of people yeah <laughs> well that's an, exactly right i know yeah. i re, i think we originally were intending to talk about weather or those well, i got a things. weather one. Oh. you know i have a lot of weather ones maybe that should be its own episode oh, we should we do a whole weather one because i've got a lot <laughs> sure tell one do you have one we have time well, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's not the worst now, but I was also living in New York for what they called Snowmageddon at the time. Uh-huh. Oh, my friend lived there when that happened. And what was so funny, because it was my first winter there, uh-huh. and I moved there in the springtime. And I remember this was my first time living somewhere where it, like, snowed regularly. Uh-huh. And I even asked my boss, like, so do you guys get, like, snow days here? And he was like, Pfft. No, it's like it's the city. Um, it's like I remember once I think it snowed like right after Thanksgiving and it was kind of weird, but it didn't even stay on the ground. So I was like, oh, bummer. And like, right. you know, OK, that doesn't happen here. And then Snowmageddon hit and it was actually perfect because my sister was visiting me, but I couldn't take time off work. So I was going to work every day, <laughs> but we ended up getting a snow day. So she and I spent the whole day out and it was. You should, you should have brought your sister to Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have enjoyed that. But it was insane. Like the Snowmageddon. We are yeah, we were real so smart. So, snow yeah. get, did it shut down all those? It shut down everything. Were the stores open, restaurants? or I mean, yes, but a lot of stuff was like, shut down. Like, most businesses were shut down. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Insurance companies, but... And we went to Central Park to Sheep's Meadow, which is, like, kind of a big field, and it, the snow was up to our mid-thighs. Jeez. And this is a you place that... Wow. In it. Yes, and we crossed Central Park, and it was so bad because... By the time Jeez. we were like halfway through, we I literally this was the weirdest thing. I couldn't feel my feet. I literally <gasps> felt frostbite. like I was walking on like wooden pegs. I was like, I don't know if I'm walking on my feet right now. It was so bad. But then we were halfway there that we were like, 
we may as well keep going because it's the same oh, stretch back. Oh, that's a great back. idea. <laughs> so, so we keep going. And if you oh, know New York, my God. I exited at the southeast corner. So right there, this is where the plaza is. And uh-huh. it's right across the street from the Apple store. Okay. So the uh-huh. Apple store was open. <laughs> Oh so okay, we go in and we sit down and we take off our shoes and our socks and we just sit there barefoot in the middle of the Apple store <gasps> until we warm up to so defrost for like an hour. Yeah. With all did the you have like the shoes? And you were the only people no. there. No. My, oh my God, okay. you guys could have got frostbite. I probably did in some way, but like this <laughs> was my first winter. I was so unprepared. Oh my I put God. on very warm, thick socks and then rubber rain boots, which get very cold. Yeah, that's oh. what happens when you like put a California girl in snowmageddon, and then just she decides to walk in what knee high snow over our knees, mid and keep thigh. going. So yeah. then the <laughs> snow <laughs> like fell into your rain boots. Then oh yeah, that, oh my God, I mean. I know it wasn't the smartest, but it was really fun at first. I know at first, like yeah. exciting, yay, jumping in snow. It but then really you can't because it's too high, anyways. Yeah, but that it was crazy insane. because even um like Columbus Circle area. I mean, there are these like kind of these street intersections where they make it almost half pedestrian. So there's like cafe um, tables and stuff out. And these places were filled with snow. Like the tables were buried. And it was just such a weird, yeah, crazy sight. That's crazy. This is kind of totally unrelated. But if you've ever lived in an area that has a lot of snow, Mm -hmm. um, I met some firemen and they were talking about young firemen versus the old firemen. And they were, they were, the, the rules had changed over the years and used to be firemen, the older firemen were part of their training, like a black cab, you know, like a black cab in uh, London has to know all the different streets Mm. for their training. All the firemen needed to know exactly where every single fire hydrant was in the city. Wow. Wow. And they, that was on a test. And so they would like, we're in a corner here and here. There's a fire, there's a fire um, plug, fire hydrant and fire plug over here. And the young people like, why do you need this? There's GPS. You can get all of the city, blah, blah, blah. And then the snow happened. Yeah. And it covered up all (gasps) the fire hydrants. Well, technically they would still exist on a GPS though, right? They, the younger guys still couldn't figure it out. And these young, these older guys would just walk up. It's like, okay, there. And wow. point to it. It's like, dig it out now. And then would, then the, the young guys would dig it out. And sure enough, there would be a fire hydrant in that wow. spot. But the younger guys <clears throat> just didn't have the same training. And, you know, mm-hmm. how often does it happen? It's once in a blue moon. Yeah. But the fact that the older firemen still had all those old skills is just like, wow. You know, same thing as yeah. like when you get a, a cab in London. It's like you can get a black cab. You tell them where you want to go, and you get there. There's some newer guys who use GPS, yes. and you kind of like weave through the city a little bit. I always wonder when I get into a cab when you uh, – sometimes I just say like the hotel, and if it's a big hotel, you mm-hmm. know they know it. But I always just wonder if you're naming an Airbnb place, like how well do they know the yeah. city? Like do yeah. they just know it? Yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm. Nice. Wow. Well – I think that's a heck of a good show. Yeah, we'll have to do one for weather. Just yeah. weather, weather. Okay. I got a few yeah. of those. Same. So if you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd give us five stars on iTunes or Google Play. Also, if you'd let your friends know, we'd appreciate it. We'd love to have, um, have them be a part of our listener family. Want more travel stuff? Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where you can find photos of our adventures around the world, interesting articles, and more. Last of all, before we leave, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, 
University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education, which offers only the best continuing professional education. If you need a career boost or looking for a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye. And if you got any questions that you want us to make a show on, <laughs> make sure you find us on our social media and just send us a Let message. Let us know. Yeah. Bye. Bye.